this week I was triggered, like massively triggered. Uh, I lost my shit (laughs) big time. And it's taken me about five days to settle down and to excavate the wisdom from this incident. Um, So I'm going to share with you really quite honestly what happened and why I am a total advocate for self-mastery, the inner work, because there is nothing more powerful than knowing who you are and why you do the things you do, because when you have that information, you can choose to do differently. So in a nutshell, my son is got himself into some financial difficulty and I have made the choice, listen to my words, <laughs> I have made the choice because choice is an adult we come from when we come from our adult self it is a choice it's not like I have to or I won't or I will it's I choose I've chosen to help him in a way that feels aligned with me and this has been challenging for me just this just helping my son out because my history with money has been very checkered I in my 30s I was completely irresponsible with money And because of my actions, I went, I had to declare myself bankrupt and then figure out a repayment plan. And it was huge. And it left a mark on me because I was, I I didn't have any money for about six years. And I was living on the breadline for a lot of that time. And I was living in survival mode. And slowly, as I finished my agreement and came out the other side, and I've been rebuilding my financial world or my money world from the learnings from that, I still carry or I was still carrying a lot of trauma around that, a lot of shame, a lot of um, a lot of internal boo-boos. So when I discovered my son was repeating a similar pattern to me, my initial response was to put my head in the sand and say, fuck it. It's his problem. He can deal with it. And I did that for a while. But that didn't help. In fact, our relationship became very strained and we disconnected from each other. And for me, as an addict, I can disconnect very swiftly as a form of self-defense. And um, from my son, my son can also do that too. So that was very uncomfortable for both of us. And for me, I'm the adult, I'm the elder in the relationship. So it is always on me to take the high road, to learn from this, to go, wow, that isn't working. What else can I do? And I'm going to to insert this term because I'm going to come back to it. And what I'm learning about life is that everything is a playful negotiation. It's not about 
well, you do this and you're wrong and I do this and I'm right. This is black, this is white, this is up, this is down. The shifts and changes that we're all looking for lie in the gray area, lie in the middle. And so I realized that disconnecting from my son and saying, fuck this, fuck you, you're an idiot, or your be your behaviors are idiotic. Your it's not he's not an idiot. It's your behaviors are are idiotic. I don't want anything to do with this. On reflection, was a way of keeping myself safe, and or, or protected. But for the longevity and nourishment of our relationship, it wasn't working. Then to add into all of this. I have all my family, my family are very opinionated, um, and they're coming at me left, right and centre, telling me how shit I am, what crap mum I am, I'm so selfish. So I was handling that in the best way I could and I didn't react to that because I knew that they could see George was in pain and discomfort around this and they could also see that I wasn't doing anything obviously people see things at a surface level so I understand that so slowly because I will always do things in my own time um I it doesn't matter what people say you know I had to when I had that kind of barrage from my family I had to really take a moment and uh take really good care of myself because it evoked a lot of shame um and questioned myself. So I went away, self-reflected. And, you know, I'm giving you a story that has taken, it's an expanse of probably six months. Um, so there was a lot of space in between this of me thinking about what do I do? And if I was honest, for a lot of the time, I didn't know what to do. And I think, you know, in life, that's part of, of the course. We, we won't know what to do sometimes. This was a whole brand new situation. And eventually what I decided to do, and I talked, you know, I slowly started to connect back into George. I said, look, I want to help you. And uh, let's figure out a way to uh, work this out together. So we did. And one of the parts of that, um, and I really do believe it, was, it has been instrumental in healing another layer around money shame for me, was... Um, he gave me authority to talk to all his creditors and that really triggered the fuck out of me because I remember over 10 years ago being on the phone to all my creditors, being so defensive, being so argumentative because I was so ashamed of what I did to myself and my world. Like I spent all my money. I was irresponsible. No one really had my back in my family. Um, and I just squirreled myself away. I isolated myself away, which is a habit of mine uh, that's from addiction, you know, because of the shame. So when I spoke to all the creditors on the phone, this bodily response was happening. Like I would feel sick. I would get anxiety. My jaw would feel all fuzzy. And what I found myself and George was watching me and so this is why I feel like this was a really deep healing for me. I would get, I would start to get argumentative with them on the phone. I would start to get defensive. And George would be in the background saying, calm down, calm down. You don't need to do that. 
And because I have a lot more compassion for myself um, and a lot more wisdom on myself, I was able to look at that. And, you know, when I got off the phone, I was like, oh, I lost my shit then. He said, yeah, I know you didn't need to. And rather than tell him off, I was like, oh, actually, George, I'm really triggered by all of this. This is a big thing for me because this is bringing back memories of when I was in dire straits around money. So I'm struggling to deal with this. So what I learned from that instance is that I had to give myself more space around dealing with the creditors so I could cope with what was coming up for me and manage my emotional state so it didn't overwhelm me. And then I would move into reaction and uh, getting angry and defensive. So what I did was just give myself some more space. Talking honestly with George was really helpful. Um, and I just reminded myself, like, you're safe. You're safe. You're okay. You can take this at your own time. So there's that part in all of this. And I haven't even got to the story about being triggered. Yeah. And then slowly, you know, I've been kind of going, well, how can I help George? You know, what can I do? What am I willing to do? What feels good for me? And so I made a decision on um, helping him pay these debts down because they're ridiculous APRs. It's like 60% APR. So, you know, he's paying three times or four times the amount that the loan is. So I was like, okay, so I can do that. And then I went to talk to my mum about this. And I said, I wondered if you would help me. I wondered if you would help me help George. And what I was asking my mum, I was asking her to give me some money towards George to help him out. And it was a really interesting exchange, <laughs> if you could call it that, between my family, because my mum was there and my stepdad was there. And my mum has wealth, right? She has money. Um, she doesn't do anything with her money. And I know that she can well afford to help George if she chose to. And it was really interesting as I asked her she, and her response was, oh, that's a lot of money. And I don't want to go into details about exact figures and things like that. So I want to keep some kind of um, something private around this. And it was really interesting watching her with that. Because my mum's money lineage is she comes from a fear-based way of living around money, around life, actually. Um, it's She's in her 70s. She's of the generation where you always had to watch your pennies. You never know what's coming around the corner. And, oh, you know, you have to be careful. You have to save for a rainy day. You <laughs> sound like my mum. And I have deep respect for that. And yet my mum is also on the sidelines telling me I should, I should listen to that, should as a parent voice. You should be helping George Moore. You should sort this out. You can't walk away from this. So as I found a solution and I came back and I'm like, would you help me? She was like, well, no. But the other thing 
where I got really triggered was my stepdad stepped in and he started to shout and tell me that this is not, I shouldn't have asked, you know, I'm, I'm out of line. George should learn. He should do this. He should be doing this. You're molly coddling him. How you're, he's never going to change and he should learn from his actions. And I fucking lost my shit. And it was really, I'm going to say it's really interesting because I got really angry and my emotions got the better of me. And I just lost my shit. I started shouting at my stepdad. I don't think I shouted at my mum, but I shouted at my stepdad and I was like, you need to fucking back off. And I got all mama bearish and kind of defensive and I got really argumentative. And it was really interesting, this whole fucking blow up, because I was able, because when I get like that, and I rarely, rarely get like that, and that used to be the way I used to live, how I used to fucking handle everything. I used to get argumentative, defensive, tell people to fuck off and slam out the front door. <laughs> I just have this vision of me doing it. And um, I didn't do that. I got really uncomfortable. I got really uncomfortable when I was, you know, led by my emotions. And this is something that I will, I teach on. It's like you, when we get emotional, we are out of control. We have to go and rein our emotions in on our own time and then go back into conversation, that playful negotiation. So what I noticed in this trigger is that I got up, I put my coat on. I was like, I'm going, I've had enough. And my mum sort of said, don't go. And every cell in my body, because I'm hardwired to exit out when I've lost my call, wanted to go. But there was something else in me that said, stay, stay, calm down, see if you can ride this. And I did. And I did. I stayed and I rode my emotions. So I went into this peak of anger and I slowly came back down. And I turned to my stepdad and I said, I am very sorry. I am very sorry for losing my call. And I think I told him to fuck off. And I said, I'm very sorry for telling you to fuck off. I did not mean it. My emotions got the better of me. I just got very defensive. And then because I stayed in it, my, I slowly simmered all the way down. So I was at boiling point. The water was spitting everywhere. <laughs> fire <laughs> and then I calmed all the way down and then I just turned to my mum I said I'm sorry I said this is a very emotive subject for me it's highly charged I'm talking about money highly charged subject for me I'm talking about my son it's a highly charged subject about me and then I get poked at and you know I've, I've always been poked at by my family that's very highly charged. And I said, I, I need to go now. I said, and I, I left very calmly. And I said, I will go away and I will just think about this. And I went away and I was so upset. I was crying for much of that day. And uh, I know why I cry now because of the intensity of the emotions. 
my body has to expel all those chemicals in my body. So crying is one way of expelling those chemicals, comes out through our tears. And I felt really sad. I felt really, really sad. And what I felt sad about is because I went to my mum and I vulnerably asked for help and she said no. And she's well within her rights to say no. You know, I'm not going to sit here in a privileged kind of um, sort of modality going, my mum should help me. No, no, no. I, You know, she has the right to say no. And yet, I have to be able to deal with the fact that I was vulnerable. I asked for help and she said no. And I tell you what else that triggered in me. It triggered for all the times I've asked for help from my family and they've said no. Now, people are well within their rights to say no. And I understand that now. And my job is, well, my job this week was to not get hooked up on stories that, and I actually I didn't, looking back on this, the old narrative would, would have been years ago, no one cares, no one likes me, no one wants me. I am, uh, what's it? I'm unvaluable. Inval no, no, it's not invaluable, but I'm unworthy. There's something wrong with me. But this time around, it wasn't. It was, oh, that hurt. That hurt that my mum said no. And <laughs> then I got really angry. And I remember walking around the woods, getting really angry and kicking, kicking things on the floor. And I was like, your anger's your, it's anger is sad's bodyguard. So anger is your way to protect your sadness. So feel the sadness. Feel the sadness, star. It's okay. And this was really interesting because it brings me back to where I got to in my head around this. And I was like, do you know what? You're in a position where you can carry out what decision you've made with George. You are in a position and it's scary for you. It's scary that you are going to take on another responsibility around money, that no one else has your back but you. And I see that, Star. I see that it's scary. And you don't have to make this choice. And yet you want to make this choice. So honor that, honor the fear that it brings up in you around money. Because remember, I am in all of this, <laughs> I am gently unhooking myself from my lineage stories of money that there's not enough that I have to be careful that I have to hoard my money that I have to cling on to it with my fingernails and I'm moving into the belief that I can earn money when I want to there is enough money around I will always be supported I trust that I am looked after I, because I trust that I will look after myself. And that is something I've been and I continuously work on all the time because I am not being hooked into this money lineage from my family. That's theirs and it stops with me. So there's more to this. So from there, I went back and 
George doesn't know any of this. I really hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, I went back and I had a conversation around George, around him upholding his end of the bargain. All right. So he's committed to paying a certain amount every single week towards these loans. And this was really interesting as well, because I learned something else around negotiating an agreement with my son, because in the past, how I've negotiated agreements with my son is you need to do this. And if you don't do this, this is going to happen. And that always caused caused a lot of friction between us. So I know my son can be unreliable. So I had this sort of spark going off in my head this week when I was driving. It's like, you have to factor into this agreement with George that he's going to be unreliable. You have to factor into that, that it's not always going to be 100% right. And as I started to accept that wisdom, which then brings me back to, or takes me back to the argument I had with my stepdad where he was like, you should do this, it should do this and this. I started to look at this whole situation through a different lens. And it's not that George has to do everything rigidly. It's that I will uphold a standard for him and I will counter into that, that there is some unreliability in that and some unknown factors. And it's less about holding him to a rigid standard. Like if you don't do this, then the world is going to end, or I'm going to get really argumentative and start shouting at you because that doesn't fucking work in our relationship. I mean, does it work in any relationships? So this brings me back to this this has been a whole big learning experience for me. Like I've learned so much about myself in all of this. And the biggest takeaway from all of this is that everything in life is for me, I'm learning and I teach this to my clients. It's always easier to teach than to do, (laughs) but I teach my clients. Everything is a playful negotiation. It's not give me that. And if you don't give me that I'm done. It's, this is what I want. How do you feel about that? And how can we meet in the middle? And this is this constant to and fro. So the rigidity has gone, the stiffness and the discipline, that kind of forced discipline has been removed. But there's this element of trust and playfulness with each other that yes, this is it. Okay, you didn't do this exactly. This is what we're going to do. How do you feel about this? So it's always this to and fro conversation. And that's something that I've never been taught. I've always been taught you either do things or you don't do them. And that actually has come out in my relationships. It's come out how I've talked to myself. If you don't do this, you're a failure. But it's something that I'm teaching myself in my life as well. Just this playful negotiation with myself. Okay, you didn't do that. So what can we learn from that? How can we go on from here? Hmm. There was, there's a lot in this podcast episode. There's a lot in here. So 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me. And here's to your self-mastery. Here's to you getting to know you and creating that deep relationship with yourself that so you can playfully negotiate with yourself and everyone else in this world so you can get more of what you want. <laughs> I like that.